Welcome to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and today we start a four-part series with Kitty Robinson called Adulting. I bet you thought you knew what it meant to be an adult. Well, we're going to talk about that starting today. Welcome to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield. Kitty, thanks for being here in the studio with me today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Kitty and I have been uh, professional colleagues for a while now here in Little Rock, and Kitty is the owner of Robinson Counseling. It is a private practice in Little Rock. She's also a motivational speaker, and she deals with uh, primarily, but not exclusively, helping women build self-esteem, confidence, learning to love themselves. Uh, She's been in the mental health field for over 10 years and has worked in a variety of treatments, day treatment programs, outpatient clinical work, works with children, adults, couples, families. Kitty, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from originally, how long you've been in Little Rock, and what led you into the mental health field? Yes. Um, my name is Kitty Robinson. Thank you again for having me. You're welcome. Um, I am originally from Harrisburg, Arkansas. It is by Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, about 15 minutes from Jonesboro. Um, I graduated high school in 94, and from there I went to college. I went to ASU, and that's where I got my bachelor's. And from ASU, you made your way down here to the big city of Little Rock. I did. And uh, you <laughs> went to grad school at UALR, got a degree in counseling. I did. And you've been in the field since then. You've worked a lot of different places, but what what, what made you go into mental health as a profession? What led you there? Okay, so this is kind of a long story. Tell us a little bit of it. Uh, my major was speech therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be a speech therapist because my daddy lost his speech from having a stroke. And so the only reason I really wanted to do that was for that reason. Um, To be honest, I took a few classes that um, were very difficult for me. And then I decided that I did not want to do speech therapy. (laughs) And so I knew that was not my calling. Okay. And I took a psychology course and I really liked it. It was intro to psychology. Mm -hmm. And then that's how I decided that I wanted to go into psychology. And I've been here ever since. Been here ever since. (laughs) And you've you've worked with a lot of people uh, from... From very with very serious issues, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to folks just trying to get along in life. I mean, you kind of worked yes. with the the gamut of things over the year, and you find yourself Absolutely. now uh, in a private counseling practice. Uh, and I know you as a person of faith who's very spiritually centered. Yes, and um, we just really appreciate you being here and sharing some of your wisdom with us on Thank you. In our show today. <laughs> <clears throat> We've called this this series adulting and i know you and i've had some pre-conversations about about what it means to be an adult today mm-hmm. um what does that mean to you when you hear the word adult or what does it mean i guess how did that phrase come into the vocabulary this whole adulting i've heard that quite a few times in the last few years as something that well i'm not really good at adulting or what is i'm, I'm having to be an adult today yeah what is that what do you hear people talking about that what do they mean by that I mean, for me, I think adulting is uh, being mature Mm -hmm. in all areas of your life, whether it's the way I think or the way I behave or the way I handle my bills or my children, Um, just the responsibility of life. I think that's where it comes from for me, adulting. I heard something the other day that said that um, if you looked at those mature behaviors, how I handle myself, how I handle my career, my children, my um, life, that where a few decades ago, we might have said a, being an adult starts around maybe 18, 19, 20. And yeah. today that's being pushed where adult behaviors aren't really settling in until the mid-20s, maybe even later 20s. Right. 
which kind of says that becoming an adult seems like it's becoming a harder or maybe at least a longer process for a lot of people. Yeah. So as we talk about what it means to be an adult, uh, we've identified a few things that you and I are going to talk about in that sense, and maybe some of the challenges of becoming an adult in a lot of areas of Mm -hmm. life. And the first area that that you and I are going to talk about is loneliness. Okay. And the challenge that loneliness can present for those of us trying to become or becoming as we're becoming adults. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of lonely people out there. Yeah. How do you see that expressed when with people that you work with? How do you how does uh, loneliness show up? I'm going to talk on the symptomology of it. Okay. I think that loneliness shows up um, in depression. Mm-hmm. I think anxiety. I think people get stressed. I think all those things are linked um, to loneliness. And it could just be a lack of support for people. It may be someone that's not in a relationship. It may be someone that is currently not dating and they feel like that is a part of their journey and should be, hmm. you know, being yeah. in relationships or and they supposed may, to be dating somehow. Yes, for yeah, supposed someone. to be dating yeah. and and it just may be lack of support. Yeah. Why why some people feel lonely. And it also could be not knowing self, just a sense of really not knowing who they are. Yeah. You know, in one sense I think loneliness is a common experience of life. I yeah. know there's times that I felt lonely, mm-hmm. that I didn't have somebody to talk to or that no one really wanted to listen to me. Or, right. And I'm, I'm sure you've had that too. So yes, a lot. <laughs> there's a part of us that part of being an adult is going through times of feeling alone. Right. What's that been like for you? Is you, you mentioned you felt lonely at times too. Yes. I think for me, loneliness, like I mentioned before, is like not being in a relationship and say the jobs that we have as therapists. You know, you're listening to people all day long, you're listening to their issues, but then you go home and you don't have anyone to talk to about yours. So I think that for a while I did feel that in that way because I just wasn't in a a relationship and you don't really want to give that stuff to your children. Mm -hmm. So So the opposite of loneliness, maybe that's where we also kind of take this conversation. Um, What's if, if loneliness is not having a sense of shared connection with someone mm-hmm. or feel like that, that there's no one to unload with or to enjoy life with or whatever yeah. that may be. So the opposite of loneliness is what? How do we define the goal of someone that's lonely? What are we trying to get them to? Connection. Yeah. Yeah, someone that's lonely, you want them to connect with other people or they may want to connect with other people. So it's getting them there. And I think first connecting with self, of course, and then being able to, you know, build those productive relationships and kind of guiding people in that. Right, right. And connection is um, something that we think should come naturally and supposed to just happen. Yeah. But finding places to connect with others or feeling safe enough to connect yeah. with others is often a challenge. And, you know, connecting is kind of a natural thing because when you think about it, when we go to work every day, we connect with people. Mm-hmm. But that's on the surface. It doesn't mean that we're connected with them. Mm-hmm. Because that person still may go home and feel lonely, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think it happens every week in churches when in the foyer, someone walks <laughs> up and says, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. And we say, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I'm fine just means in our vernacular, a greeting. I'm just, it's our way of saying hello. Yeah. It doesn't and, necessarily mean I'm fine. Right. And I'm not going to unload on you. Because right. in that setting, it's probably not appropriate. Right. Because I think sometimes we're taught that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't disclose everything. Yeah. So that could be another reason why people are lonely. They're they're told not to 
disclose everything in the beginning or at all. Yeah. So some of that is just who's is uh, maybe becoming an adult and dealing with loneliness Mm -hmm. is partly a maturing in our discernment as to who and where are people safe. Yes, absolutely. You know, when when we think of moving out of loneliness into a safe relationship, there's a lot of things that can get in the way of that. What are some of the things that you see getting in the way, maybe of clients or just your own experiences or people that you've worked with that are things that get in the way and keep people from reaching out in a safe way to connect with others? I would say lack of confidence in themselves, because if you have a lack of confidence, you're not going to want to hold, you know, those conversations with other people, or you may be fearful to connect with certain people. So I would say that's one of them. Mm -hmm. So the sense of, uh, I don't, I don't trust that I'm going to be accepted or that I'm going to be liked or what if they Or rejection. Yeah. I'm afraid of rejection. So, I mean, that could keep people from connecting. Yeah, absolutely. And keep them lonely. And I think that may be some reason why, you know, we, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a future episode coming up as we've laid this out, but we'll do a little preview here. I think that there's why a lot of people don't turn to God or a spiritual center for those same fears that somehow I don't measure up. Absolutely. I'm not enough. If I go to God, he's just going to point out everything I've ever done wrong and he's not Mm going to be accepting of me. And we kind of turn that toward other people as well and say, well, if I show you who I really am, you may not like it. You may not like it. People don't know how to connect with God or they think that they're supposed to connect in the way their parents connected, Mm. like through prayer, for an example. Like you hear your parents pray constantly and then you try to mimic that same prayer and it just doesn't work. And so I think it's being able to have your own relationship with God Mm -hmm. and learning how to connect in that way. You know, and you bring up a good point, maybe after the break in just a minute, we can come back to this, but um, that a lot of times we have tried to adult by mimicking or mirroring the adulting we saw our parents Uh do or the the adult version that our parents showed us of what it means to be an adult. And while there's probably a lot we can gain from that, simply parroting that or mimicking mm-hmm. that, we can get a little tripped up by that. Yeah, it puts pressure on you. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And like you said, even in prayer, when I just use the words I've heard others say, and then I realize, wait a minute, I don't feel connected. There's not a real connection yeah. there. I'm just, I'm just kind of pretending to be adult by doing what I saw other people do or my parents do and expecting that, well, that's supposed right. to work because someone else did it. And it worked right. for them. But that's a pretty impersonal and maybe even unknowingly an inauthentic way of trying to be an adult. Yeah. So I want to come back after this break that we're about to take and and talk about kind of getting to know ourselves. As you've mentioned that mm-hmm. a couple of times already today, that it yeah. begins with knowing who I am uh, before I can expect that I'm going to mature right. and grow in ways. Mm-hmm. So let's take a and quick break. And connecting with God. And learning how to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I think that's a foundation of the answer to loneliness that you and I have begun to talk about today. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back after this break and we'll, we'll flesh this out a little bit more as we finish up part one of adulting with Kitty Robinson. Thank you. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield and this is Real Life, Real Care. Well, welcome to the break here as we're in this four part series with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. And at the end of today, I'm going to come back and share with you how you can get in touch with Kitty. 
But I want to talk to you for just a second during this break about some of the challenges that we've been discussing in this series. You know, it's not uncommon for many of us to be stuck in not getting accomplished or doing those things that as adults, we know that we're called to do, whether that's in our parenting or in our workplace. Maybe that's even in our church relationships as we have made commitments to a church family or to a ministry and something just keeps getting in the way and we're not able for whatever reason to get on with those things that God's called us to do as as a mature person, as an adult. Well, in these situations, sometimes it can be a part of your journey into fulfilling those callings in your life by talking with someone who's trained to listen, listen specifically to take you as an individual and spend the time necessary to work into your own adulting life. Well, that's a part of what we train clinicians at the care clinic at JBU to do, which is to listen closely, to understand deeply, and to respond compassionately and caringly in speaking into someone's life in a way that helps them get back to the business of what God's called them to do as an adult. You can reach our counselors at the care clinic by calling 501-219-9245. And these are counselors that are in their final stages of preparation of their master's degree and will soon be licensed to go out into the world and provide this as a, as a vocation like Kitty is doing now. But we'd like to help you. You can reach us at jbu.edu slash care clinic, or you can call us at 501-219-9245. And now back to Kitty. Welcome back to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and we're speaking with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. And I'll tell you here at the end of the episode how you can get in touch with Kitty and connect with her and her practice and her services as as a professional counselor. But we're going to finish this conversation on part one, particularly dealing with loneliness in the process of becoming an adult. Mm -hmm. Loneliness is that thing that we've already talked about earlier on that we're afraid of. We're scared that we're going to be lonely. And sometimes we run from loneliness as Mm -hmm. if it is the worst thing in the world that could happen to anyone. Uh It's Um, a monster. Yeah, it's this monster. It's this evil. It means it must mean something's bad or broken with me if I'm alone. But let's talk about learning to be unlonely when you're alone. And you and I in the break even just had a quick conversation about the fact that it was often in a regular practice, as the gospel say, that Jesus would go go off to be by himself mm-hmm. to be alone. Yes. So there was value actually in it. Mm-hmm. And that's, in fact, not only was it not horrible, there it was at times for him being a single man, he even sought out yeah. time to be alone yes and so where's the what's the value you see in learning to be okay with being alone the value in that is being able to being okay being able to connect with yourself and being able to connect with your thoughts i think that if you're alone that just gives you time to think and get to know who you are i blogged or wrote a post about i can't remember exactly it was something like talking about meditation and it was saying don't be afraid to be with yourself and your thoughts, you may find something there. Hmm. So I think that um, sometimes being alone gives you that chance to kind of connect with yourself. And there's no doubt that we live in a society that bombards us 24-7 with information and media and mm-hmm. social media and television, and it's on our phones, it's on our right. 
tablets. It's at our workplace. And that's what stimulates people. Yeah. The phone. Keep, <laughs> not all people. <laughs> but it gets Let me us. back up. It, it, it just clouds our thoughts. It does. Versus what you said, which was being alone to, to be able to take inventory. What, what do I think about things? What do I feel about things? And something you'd said to me in the break, which was, all, and also, how can I use this moment to connect with God? Absolutely. You know, Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. And there's, there's something to that stillness that almost implies getting away from the distractions. Right. So that you can hear from him. Yeah. That's one. Yeah. Absolutely. So I can hear from him and then see where my thoughts and his line up and where they don't. And what yeah. do I really think about things and recognizing who God is and then recognizing who I am. Right. Absolutely. And what I think, too, I want to go back to the social media piece of it. What I have experienced myself as a blogger and a writer is that sometimes if I'm on social media and I'm engaged in what other people are saying or writing, it kind of clouds my judgment and I start kind of second guessing myself. And so what I've learned that is when I want to really get clear and write or connect with God, I have to be away from that. So I think those are the advantages of being alone in those moments. You know, that's really being intentional with how you use that time to get away. Right. I'm going to, and I'm going to guess that when you're, when you're doing that, what you just talked about, when I'm getting away to focus my thoughts, when I'm getting right. away to connect with God, when I'm trying to figure out who I am and, and how to connect with him and his purpose or plan for my life, I'm just going to bet those are not times you really feel alone. Not when connecting with him. Yeah. And not even. And, and when I'm trying to get clear, because I need that at that moment. And I think that's some of the answer to this maybe almost uh, at times pathological fear uh -huh. of, oh, no, I'm going to find myself alone, right. alone with my thoughts. Right. And I think sometimes it's OK to be alone. Now, if you look at the overall picture and maybe I think that's what a lot of people are looking at. They're looking at the big overall picture. Like, I don't want to be alone, especially if they're single. They don't want to die alone or they don't want to be sick alone. And so I think that's the big picture that people are looking at. And I don't think they look in those little moments of, I need to get clear. I need to step back so that I can think about what I'm doing or how I'm adulting. How, how, how am I doing my adulting? Those are times when it's beneficial to be alone. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe the first answer to this adulting question with loneliness is uh, learning to be okay with being alone. Right. Before I run into whatever connection or relationships that I think Right. Is going to fix that. Right. Because it's the relationship. It's not the relationship's job to fix it or the other person. It's now, the person's. Now, wait a minute. Don't get crazy here. Kelly. What do you mean <laughs> it's not the other person's job to fix my loneliness? Um, it's your job to fix it. If you go into a relationship saying, I want this person to make me feel better or or, or fill this void, it's it's really not going to work. Because it's, it's, they did it for you, or you thought they did it for you. You didn't do it for yourself. And then what happens during that time when this person that's supposed to meet this need of mine perfectly just falls down on the job or doesn't listen or isn't there when I want them to be? And, or, then you feel like you failed. If mm -hmm. this person's not um, holding their end of the bargain, which is not their end of the bargain, then you feel like they failed you or you failed. Right. But if you go into it already knowing and already filling that void, you're not going to have that issue. So what I hear you saying is if, if I'm okay with me and mm -hmm. I'm okay with just being alone with me, I have a better chance of actually Having making successful relationships, a, a, a successful <laughs> connection with yes. someone else. 
absolutely in a way that's positive and that is yes. that is additive not subtractive from who i am absolutely will smith he did a video on facebook uh, maybe two weeks ago and he said that very same thing that he doesn't expect his wife to make him happy and he says that he feels that no one should go into a relationship feeling like the other person should make them happy. Like it's your job 100% to make yourself happy. You shouldn't look at your husband or wife and say, they're supposed to make me happy. You're supposed to make yourself happy. And then you go into the relationship and then it just works for both parties. Yeah. If they're both on that same, the same page. Yeah. If I can be, you know, we're going to talk about this. In fact, let me do a commercial for our next episode, which we've, we've titled pre-dating. So we're going to continue this whole topic of, um, uh, getting ready to be in a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, in an adult relationship, and what <laughs> yeah. that and what that looks like, and and how I get ready, um, which is going to focus mostly on ourselves, yes, and and not on you know partner selection or mate selection, which right. tends to be externally focused on. Ooh, I've got to find the perfect person, and they have to have all these traits, <laughs> and they've they've got to right. make this much money and drive this and kind look of this car way. Yeah. and look this Absolutely. way and. And you look for that and you'll end up lonely. <laughs> <laughs> you'll end up lonely. Absolutely. We, nobody meets our perfect list, no, do they? No. So we're going to talk in our next episode about pre-dating, which is, means what is the work I need to do as an adult before I try to connect with someone in a meaningful way or in a relationship? So it's a little bit different focus of dating yeah. than maybe the typical uh, talk show dating show, but, I'm, <laughs> but uh, just a commercial on that. But if you, mind, if you don't mind me asking just personally, because we talked about this before, We've, loneliness in, in general is a feeling that's common to humanity. So there's yes. probably no one that hasn't felt lonely before. Right. We talked about Jesus going off to be alone, but there were also the times when he brought his disciples and said, hey, stay awake while I pray. Be with right. me in this time. Mm-hmm. So there was times when loneliness, he didn't want to feel lonely. Right. Times when I went to be alone, but he wasn't lonely there either because he mm-hmm. had his father with him. Um and, and we know that, um, you know, we even go back to Genesis where God said it's not good for man to be alone. When Adam looked around and said, you know what, there's nobody to talk to here. There's a lot yeah. of great looking animals, but nobody <laughs> I can talk to. I want to talk right. to somebody. And he said it wasn't good for man to be alone in that sense. So we know that human connection is important and right. it's a good thing in general. It is. Um, but this whole idea, I'm really fascinated by it, of learning to be okay when I'm alone. and mm-hmm. and. Tell us a little bit about what that was like for you as a person. I know you're a counselor and I am too, and mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean we haven't dealt with these things in our right. in ourselves. We're human. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've talked to me um, even between uh, recording here that, you know, I remember what that was like, learning to be okay with being alone yeah. and what that journey was like for me. Share just a little bit of that. So just a little. My journey happened, I guess, about four years ago. I had a bad breakup and um, did not know how to be by myself. Mm. Like, I felt like I always needed to be around somebody. Um, I had to go out with my girlfriends, or I had I couldn't go out by myself for some reason. And so that was the beginning of my journey to kind of learning who I was and to learn to be comfortable with myself so that I could live my life because I decided that I didn't want to live my life based on other people. So if I call mm. a girlfriend and they say, oh, I'm too busy to go to the movies, then I wouldn't go. And so I decided to kind of take control of my life and got to know me. And then, you know, just kind of the loneliness went away. How hard was that? I mean, that, that difficult. Sound, yeah, you said <laughs> that so eloquently. And yet I just hear that being a difficult process. So so here's what I tell my clients. It's 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 you got to take baby steps. So I first would start I would go out to lunch and um, 
I would take an iPad or computer or something and pretend like I was working on something <laughs> yeah. because it's le- like you're not you're not uncomfortable if you've got some device like we talked earlier. Yeah. I was stimulated by my device. And so that's how I kind of built up my confidence. And then the next time I would not be on my phone and I'd sit at the bar maybe and I'd, you know, eat lunch or dinner or whatever. And then I started stepping it up to at night. And so it was just a, it was just steps of growing in it. I didn't like go out on a Friday night in the beginning by myself. Like yeah. that, that would be torture. <laughs> so it was learning. Yeah. So it was, it was building, building up to it, to hang in with me. So you had to, you recognized at some point that I'm not, I'm not used to this and I'm not good at this yet. And it was weird. Uh-huh. And it's weird. And I worry about how people are going to look at me. I did. If you're mm-hmm. alone in public, what does that mean? What are they going to say? And I'll say this. I was out when I learned to kind of gain some of that confidence. I was out at a restaurant and I made it a point to sit at a table and it was kind of a big table and I didn't have my device and I was eating lunch and a lady came up to me and asked me if I was meeting somebody. And I said, no, I'm here by myself. And she said, oh my God, you, this, you have showed me something today. I'm going to try this myself. She said, you have given me confidence to go out by myself and hang. And I felt so good. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 But is, isn't, that, isn't that quite the comment that someone notices and finds it inspiring? Yes. That someone could actually just go. And be by themselves. Eat at a restaurant <laughs> and enjoy a meal. And they don't have to have someone across the table for that to be an enjoyable meal, an enjoyable time. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. You know, I think there's a lot of people today that would say that scares me to death. Yeah, a lot. How in the ninety w- percent? <laughs> how in the world could I go out and not have a thing in my mm-hmm. hand or, or screen a or a person mm-hmm. or what would I say if someone said, "Who are you? Or where are you? What are you doing here?" And yeah, and we don't we're not confident enough. A lot of us to just say, "I'm just here enjoying a meal." Isn't right? Isn't this a great place to be today? <laughs> right. Well, who are you going to meet? No one. Yeah. Or walking in and being okay with them saying, how many? And you, and it, just me. Yeah. Because in the beginning, that was like weird to walk in and they're like, oh, you're just, just you? And I'm like, yeah. And I would kind of get defensive about it, but I don't now. Yeah. But what a great example and testimony to this journey we, we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. which is how to be okay with being alone in the yeah. face of what what might have been loneliness in the past. Right. Kitty, thanks for being with us today. We're going to be back soon for part two. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and this is Real Life, Real Care. Well, thank you for listening today to Real Life, Real Care and this four-part series called Adulting with Kitty Robinson of Robinson Counseling. And I'm going to tell you how you can get in touch with Kitty. So if you need a pen, write this down. You can call 501-308-3741. That's 501-308. 308-3751, or you can go to robinsoncounselingpllc.com and you can connect with Kitty or maybe pass on that information to someone who needs to connect with her. Our goal at Real Life Real Care is to open up conversations like this one on important mental health and relationship topics and to connect the Central Arkansas community to local professionals in the mental health field who practice from a spiritually sensitive perspective. This show is not intended to constitute professional advice, nor is it a substitute for professional care by a doctor, counselor, or family therapist. Guests who appear on Real Life Real Care express their own opinions, and it's just a reality that sometimes we find ourselves dealing with circumstances or conditions 
that those around us simply don't have the education or experience to know what to do or how to respond. The Care Clinic, along with the JBU Graduate Counseling and MFT program in Little Rock, is meeting these needs by providing expert training and experience to step into this gap and provide spiritually sensitive help when it's needed the most so that people can get back to the life and purpose that God designed them to live. Life isn't always as it should be, and the Care Clinic at Little Rock is here to help. And you can reach us once again by calling 501-219-9245 or go to jbu.edu slash care clinic. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and thank you for listening to Real Life, Real Care.